It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, your cheap seat crony, your bench jockey with a beer. My name is Jeff Carr, bringing you the Reds every day. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast, your only daily podcast for the Cincinnati Reds. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host. Thanks for downloading and listening to today's episode. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Himalaya. Also, check us out on social media at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And look our website up at LockedOnReds.com. Today, I want to recap the Monday night game and talk about what uh, I'm seeing with Rice Iglesias looking like a little bit of issues there. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but he definitely doesn't look like the Rice Iglesias of old. Also, want to talk about Tanner Rourke's start and then celebrate Yasiel Puig's uh, first hit as a red. But, you know... Grand scheme of things, the Reds fall to one and two. They lose to the Brewers four three, as Rice Iglesias gave up a RBI double to Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun had a pretty nice night for the Brewers, and he scored Christian Yelich, who Yelich was on second. That was his only hit of the night. He had a double, so the Reds held him homerless. And so he doesn't set that record that, you know, they kind of almost made up a little bit. I don't really think many kids grow up uh, thinking that they're going to be a Major League Baseball player and aspire to be the first baseball player to hit a home run in their first five games of the season. But, hey, to each his own. When it came to this game, though, the first inning, Tanner Rourke struggled. And he had the exact same problems that – Sonny Gray had, and that he couldn't throw strikes. It was just constantly battling, trying to nibble, trying to will hitters to swing and miss, and they were laying off of it just as they were, just as the Pirates did with Sonny Gray. A little bit of a difference, though. Tanner Rourke's not a curveball pitcher, so can't go on making that one. And really, what I saw out of him, he fixed. In the second inning on, you know, after that first inning, he really settled down. He didn't walk anybody after the first inning. He was pulled in the fifth after getting the first out. He was up over 91 pitches. I guess maybe, you know, kind of seeing a pattern there. They pulled Luis Castillo after he threw 91 pitches. Maybe he's trying to keep his pitchers under 100 for their first start of the season kind of ease them into 2019 regardless though it was nice to see him bounce back and really he allowed a lot of base runners the brewers batted around their lineup in the first inning they brought zach davies up the pitcher to end the top of the first he actually hit before he 
towed the rubber out on the mound. But overall, they limited the damage, and they were able to come back. They worked their way all the way back and tied the game up in the sixth. But the same thing that has been plaguing them, and really they had the bases loaded in the bottom of the first inning and couldn't get any runs in. And it's been a thing that's plagued them these first couple of days is hitting with runners in scoring position. And as anyone will tell you, any Reds fan will tell you, that's pretty much been their problem for about the last 50 years. So it's not as a matter of, hey, these are the hitters that we got now. We're not going to have that problem anymore. They got Amanda second in the bottom of the ninth. Kirk Casale led off with a double. And then they pinch ran for him with Michael Lorenzen. And he wasn't able, they weren't able to score. And... And, and, you know, and I'll, I'll take a moment to address this take, too. There was a lot of people that were crying for a bunt. And I'll be honest with you. You know what I don't miss so far three games into 2019? I don't miss bunting. You know what bunting is? Has anybody read Moneyball? Has anybody seen the Moneyball movie, you know, Brad Pitt playing Billy Bean? Billy Bean, you know, and Sabermetrics say this as well. Bunting sucks. Because you're giving the other team an out. Now, I know every so often they make an error, but it's way more often than not they'll throw it out. So, sure, yeah, you get a guy to third, you get an out. Here's the thing, though. Josh Hader was dealing. He struck out Shebler. Shebler never had a shot at hitting any of those pitches. Hader only threw fastballs to Shebler, and he, he wasn't even close. And then Joey came up. Joey hit a deep fly ball that – had there been a guy on third, sure, maybe he scores. But I don't know. I mean, you can nitpick either way. I'm not worried about the bunt, whatever. They cannot bunt the rest of the year. There was a statistic last year, and I forget the number. I remember looking at it. Uh, I think I might have even talked about it in one of the offseason episodes, but the Reds led the league in sacrifice bunts. And I think they were about – 12th or 13th or something like that in runs scored. The Red Sox led all of the league in runs scored last year. I think they were dead last, maybe second to last in sacrifice bunts. So don't tell me that bunting leads to runs. It doesn't. There's nothing that says that bunting leads to outs. I don't want bunts. Get them out of here. Glad they're gone. But, you know, I just, I, I think there's a lot to unpack. With last night's game, it's not something to where I'm feeling overly negative. I know my tone's a little bit down. You know, the Reds fall under 500. That's whatever. They're going to be dancing around 500 all season. I really think they're going to end the season above 500, but they're definitely going to be dancing around it. And we're still talking about some guys that are getting their legs under them. And I'm going to address that more as we get into this next bit. But before we get to that, I want to remind you guys to subscribe and check out Locked On MLB. Sully Baseball really has a good thing going there, taking a look at the league each and every day for about 15 minutes. It's a great way to get your Major League Baseball fix. All right, guys, this is the part of the Locked On Reds baseball podcast where I talk to you for a moment about sex. That's right, and we're talking good sex. Do you remember the last time that you pitched a complete game? Has it been a while? Are you just getting to that quality start right now? I've got a solution. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a chewable tablet that has the same active ingredient as Viagra, 
except it is much more fast acting since it's a chewable. Now, through this special offer, you can go to bluechew.com and enter the promo code MLB for this introductory offer. You get a free shipment of Blue Chew. You just pay $5 in shipping and you can have it sent to you. It'll help you get back to where you want to be when you want to be there. We're talking about bluechew.com as in the color blue, B-L-U-E.com, promo code MLB. This is a great introductory offer for the listeners of the Locked On Reds podcast. Bluechew.com, promo code MLB for your free introductory offer. Bluechew.com is a new partner of the Locked On Reds podcast, and we thank them for sponsoring today's episode. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. This is the Locked On Reds Baseball Podcast on a Taco Tuesday. I mentioned in the first part that Yasiel Puig finally got his first hit as he read. It was a two RBI double. And the man was happy as soon as he reached second base, raised his arms, pointed to the crowd, and then, you know, tried to get everybody pumped up. But he was super happy. He got himself off of the schneid. He's off of his slump. And he's officially on the board with a hit. I think he's just only going to build from here. I was very glad to see that. And I think it's something that we're going to see a lot this year. He's going to be a guy driving in a lot of runs for the Reds. There were... uh, some concerning things. It was funny because when Rysel Iglesias came in in the, in the ninth, he got the first two outs re- with relative ease. He looked sort of like the old Rysel, but he was still hitting only about 92 with his fastball, 92-93. That's not Rysel Iglesias. Rysel Iglesias is an upper 90s fastball dude, and then he complements it with a changeup that is just nasty. But that changeup really, really gets lessened in value with the fastball not having the kind of pop that it's had in the past. And that has been his biggest problem. He, you know, he gave up a double to Yelich. That's what, that's whatever. Yelich is going to get his hits. There's going to be very few nights where he goes over. But one of the biggest things and they noted it on the broadcast all night, is that Rourke and any other reliever that came in after him was just focusing on the inside half. You know, they were trying to hit the hole in his swing. He has a a lot of trouble making solid contact on inside pitches. So 
they were saying, you know, the more that they kept inside, the more that they were shutting him down. And he was over coming up to that last at bat with Rysel Iglesias. And then Iglesias left a fastball up and out over the strike zone, and he was able to stroke it into left center field for that double, which was really the key there. And it's just, I think Iglesias... I don't know if there's something in his mechanics or something that he's changed, but ever since spring training has begun, and he really didn't get a lot of action in spring training. And I know I like to mention, you know, spring training stats or whatevs, and I'm not talking about his stats. It's everyone that watched him play said that something is off. He's not got the typical stuff that we're used to seeing out of Rice Iglesias. And I'll be interested to see how, in the short term, this isn't even over the season. I'm talking about over the next month what happens with him because he needs to make some rapid improvement or else he's just going to keep getting shellacked. So I really think that they have to get him right because he, as he goes, so does the bullpen. The bullpen was doing pretty nicely up until that point as they came in to spell out Tanner Rourke. They hadn't given up a run since he had come out and really didn't have too many nail-biting situations to deal with until Iglesias came in. So, you know, it would have been nice to have gotten into the bottom of the ninth tied at three instead of down one, and that's what the Reds came up with. And, you know, there were some clutch hits that were missing, and I think that when it comes to this team – they're only going to improve that. I still think that they're working themselves into it. I'm not panicking. I, I put that poll out on the Lockdown Reds Twitter account asking if through these first couple of games how you feel about the team. Do you feel better, worse, or the same? And it was really a tie. Most people felt the same, which is fine. I mean, the season just started. Most of us know it's 162 games. Cliche, here it comes. It's a marathon, Right. You can't get too worked up over the first two games. And it was nice to see that most people agree with that. It was also nice to see that some people feel better. I don't know that I necessarily feel better, but I don't feel worse. I definitely don't feel worse about this team. I feel like they still have a lot of talent. They still have a lot to show. I mean, we're talking about some main guys that haven't done what they typically do. We still don't have a homer from Joey. We still don't have a homer from... Gino, we still don't have a homer from Yasiel Puig. Matt Kemp got tossed tonight. I forgot to mention that. He was arguing balls and strikes. Jesse Winker came into the game for a little bit. Really, David Bell, it it impresses me, right? I think that some people are a little put off by his quick hook. And I understand that. I would have liked to have seen Tanner Rourke get a little bit longer of a leash tonight. But I think as the season goes on, he will give his starters more of a leash. But I really am impressed to see how he works the bench. Um, Derek Dietrich came in in the middle of the game. He got the tying RBI on an RBI ground out in the sixth inning. And then a few innings later was replaced by Kyle Farmer. And then Kirk Casale got in. Michael Lorenzen got in as a pinch runner. I mean, he was using everyone. We're not going all nine innings with four guys still sitting on the bench. Everybody's getting in. So I don't. I, I think he has an ability to manage guys' egos because everyone's human, right? Baseball players are human. 
as much as they might tell us through the media that they're like, you know, whatever the team needs to do to win, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help the team. But in their minds, they they, they got to be like, all right, when am I going to get some at-bats here? When am I going to get in? You know, so I think David Bell is working very well with them in getting them playing time and getting them in the game. So that leads us, and I'll mention very briefly, I don't get into attendance numbers, but I will mention that they had the lowest attendance ever for Great American Ballpark tonight. A lot of that's to do with the weather and it's a Monday night in April. I'm not worried about that. It's whatever. It's kind of a little anecdotal stat and all that good stuff. And then, of course, Hunter Green, it was announced that he will have Tommy John surgery. To be honest with you, when I had C. Trent Rosecrans on a couple of months back and I asked him how Hunter Green was feeling, C. Trent Rosecrans told me he's like, you know, he told me he's feeling fine. And whenever teams go to do surgery, they can't just force a guy to get under the knife and do Tommy John. He's got to make that decision. So chances are he said, no, I can play through it. I can rehab it. We can build it back up. I don't need surgery. Well, today they decided that he needs surgery. He's definitely going to miss this year. He might miss most or all of next year. And to be honest with you, I... I'm not super worried about it. I know there were a lot of people screaming Titanic and boy, this year sucks and all this other stuff. I'm not that worried about it because his timeline was still a couple years away, probably three or four years off. It might be five years now. That's okay. He's still a young guy. And to be honest with you, I tweeted this out. It's almost a qualification now in order to be a major league baseball pitcher that you have to have had Tommy John surgery at some point because it's almost as if, a rite of passage almost to say, all right, but he hasn't had that major surgery. How's he going to pitch after that? Now we're going to see that he's a phenomenal athlete. I believe he'll make a full recovery very nicely, and he's going to be the pitcher that we all know he can be. Definitely not worried about that. Well wishes, get well soon, all the prayers and all that good stuff. We're definitely thinking of you here on the Lockdown Reds podcast, Hunter Green. Now, quick look for Tuesday night. The Reds and the Brewers go for game two. Yolis Chassin will pitch for the Brewers, and Anthony DiSclefani will be pitching for the Reds. It's his first start of the season. Chassin opened the 2019 season for the Brewers in St. Louis, so he has a start under his belt. It'll be interesting to see how the Reds and the Brewers match up there. And the weather's supposed to be nice, supposed to be close to 70 degrees at first pitch. I'm planning on heading down to the ballpark there. That'll do it for the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. Make sure you subscribe on all your major podcast apps. Check us out on social media at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And look us up at LockedOnReds.com where there's all sorts of great content from our team of writers. As always, go Reds, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.